0: commonly accepted heating value of number two fuel is 140,000 BTUs per US gallon or 36,000 BTUs per liter so number two 140, 36 and then number six of course is 150,000 BTUs per US gallon or 40,000 BTUs per liter number two 140, 36 number six 150 and 40 which statement about number two fuel oil when compared to number six is true so we need to remember number two fuel oil has a lower viscosity at a given temperature as well number two has a lower flash point temperature number two lower viscosity at a given number two lower flash point viscosity is a liquids resistance to flow viscosity resistance to flow a fuel oils viscosity increases as the temperature of the oil decreases. So viscosity and temperature are inversely related. As temperature goes up, viscosity goes down. As viscosity goes up, temperature goes down. Which of the following oil types has the highest percent of carbon and sulfur? And that's number six. Number six has a higher percent of carbon and sulfur. than number two, one or four, it's a heavier fuel. Which of the following oil types has the lowest flash point? Number two has the lowest flash point of those given. It's two, four, five, and six. Which of the following has the highest viscosity? The highest viscosity, at a given temperature anyway, will be the, the higher number of fuel oil. So in this case, five is the highest one listed. Which of the following terms is another name for bunker C? That, of course, is number six. Large droplets from an atomizing nozzle may be caused by a damaged or worn nozzle, low fuel pump pressure, or cold oil. Large droplets from an atomizing nozzle may be caused by a damaged or worn nozzle, low fuel oil pressure, and cold oil. Number six fuel is used as a fuel in which of the following appliances, and that's industrial. It is not used in residential atomizing or emergency standby generators. Number six is used in industrial appliances. Which of the following statements is correct? When properly burned, one gallon of number two fuel oil will produce less heat than one gallon of number four fuel oil. Cold oil or high viscosity problems may be eliminated by, and this one I got wrong on Rod's exam, I put installing a nozzle line preheater. Uh, Correct answer is any of the above, so we we, we may install a nozzle line preheater, but we may also increase the pump pressure and reduce the nozzle size, as well we may preheat the oil in the tank or supply line. So any of those are correct. Install a nozzle line preheater, increase pump pressure, and reduce nozzle size, as well as preheat the oil in the tank or supply line. If number two oil is properly mixed with number six, the viscosity of the mixture is lower than the number six, so we're diluting the number six by adding number two, thus reducing the viscosity. If oxygen-enriched air is used for combustion with fuel oil, what happens to the percentage of CO2 in the flue gases compared to using ordinary air for combustion? Um, I put that CO2 decreases when in fact CO2 increases. So when we use oxygen-enriched air for combustion our CO2 increases. Oxygen-enriched air is used for combustion with fuel oil. What happens to the flame temperature in length compared to ordinary air for combustion? And that's that the flame temperature increases and flame length decreases. So we have a hotter, shorter flame when we use oxygen enriched air with, for combustion. And there's a picture of the two flames, and there's which one is uh, which of the two flames would likely have primary air mixed with fuel oil. So the, the two flames one is, is very tight and small, and one is large and wavy and the one at the top, the tighter, smaller one, is the one which likely has primary air mixed with the fuel oil. Which of the following will result in cleaner, faster combustion of number four? Uh, The correct answer here is all the above choices, which are preheating the combustion air, preheating the oil, and using oxygen-enriched combustion air. So by preheating combustion air, by preheating fuel oil, or by using oxygen-enriched combustion air we achieve a cleaner faster combustion with number four. Centane number is a measure of a fuel engine fuel ignition quantity so centane is similar to octane it's the fuel ignition quality. If the electrical conductivity of a fuel oil is lower than specified by a standard, the potential for static electrical discharge from the fuel is greater. And this is true. So if the electrical conductivity of a fuel oil is lower than the specified standard, the potential for static electrical discharge from the fuel is greater. True which action should be taken. If fuel escapes into a creek or ditch, we should control, contain, and clean it up using oil-absorbent materials. An OBT-1 certificate holder is permitted to work on oil appliances of any input. An OBT-1 is certified to install electrical wiring from the main disconnect panel to the appliance. So I got this incorrect. The correct answer here is an OBT-1 is certified to install a venting system that serves a dual fuel oil gas fired appliance. Which of the following statements is correct? So the choices in the entire question are an OBT-1 is certified to install above ground tanks of any size, we know that to be false. An OBT-1 is certified to install underground tanks of any size, definitely false. An OBT-1 is certified to install electrical wiring from the main electrical panel to the appliance. That was my choice. False. The correct answer. An OBT-1 is certified to install a venting system that serves a dual fuel oil gas fired appliance. The current act governing natural gas, propane and fuel oil industries is the Technical Standards and Safety Act, TSSA, Technical Standards Safety Act. Which of the following cons- is are considered offenses? Um, all of the above. Which is conducting work required, requiring an authorization without being authorized, installing an appliance or component without complying with the code. Like these are, these are act and reg questions. These are all pretty straightforward. So 2500 liters or less we find in the Section 6 of the B139.2 uh, Over 2500 we find in Section 6 of the one. Maximum pressure in the vapor space is 7 kPa or 1 PSI uh, Maximum static head at the bottom of a tank unless specifically designed is 35 kPa or 5 PSI Steel tank supports in excess of 12 inches or 300 millimeters must have fire rating of at least 2 hours Above-ground steel tanks with an individual or combined capacity of 2,500 liters must have, and it can be any of these, it can be a double bottom tank construction consisting of the tank, shell, and double contained heads with minimum coverage of 50 millimeters. That one also a non-combustible secondary containment or a minimum 300 degree integral secondary containment with monitoring of the interstitial space. Uh, Supply lines Fueling a generator must both be taken from the top of the tank. External dike must be 10% greater than the volume of the tank. Newly installed underground fuel oil supply lines shall be approved double-walled piping. Underground fuel oil supply lines. Newly installed approved double-walled piping. Maximum temperature that a tank shall be exposed to according to the fuel... Oil code is 38 degrees C or 100 F. Um, we have a picture of a self-contained generator. Which of the following must terminate outdoors? For a standalone generator with an integral tank with secondary containment, like the one shown to the right. Um, a. Fill pipe. B, vent pipe, C, emergency relief from the primary tank. However, the interstitial vent from between the tanks does not need to be um, piped to the outside. So only A, B, and C, which is fill pipe, vent pipe, and emergency relief from primary. Which of the following statements is correct concerning the testing? of newer replacement tanks and Rod says it's a bad question it would be correct if it said pneumatic instead of hydrostatic Um, all the other choices are wrong and so the most correct one listed is going to be doing a hydrostatic test of a tank the installer must use a liquid soap solution to leak test all joints seams and welds on the tank so I'll go back and find this code clause but the most correct is a hydrostatic test where the installer uses a soap solution to leak test all joints, seams, and welds. Overflow vent pipe from an auxiliary tank shall be at least the greater of any of the above, which is um, at least greater than twice the cross-sectional area of the supply line, at least greater than 50 millimeters, which is two inches, and at least the greater of not less than the size of the vent connection on the tank. According to B 13910 fuel oil code, which of the following piping materials shall not be used at large installations? And this is the furnace butt weld type F, ASTM 53 type F. According to 139, the external parts of the body of a fuel containing device installed shall have a melting point of not less than 538 C or 1000 F 538 C 1000 F hard drawn copper tubing conforming to CSA B140 ASTM type 88 type L is a type of copper tubing we must use at large installations so large installations hard drawn copper type L type L hard drawn type L hard drawn according to 139.1.0 a uh, twenty-five millimeter or one inch horizontal oil pipe shall be supported at least every eight feet, and that of course comes from a table. When oil piping is run through a mason roll, it should be double wrapped or, or double wrapped with pipe tape or a sleeve. New above ground oil piping or tubing at large installations must be pressure tested pneumatically to at least 50 psi and holding the pressure for at least two hours. So above ground fuel oil piping at large installations at least 50 PSI, 350 kPa, and hold for two hours. Force draft burner has a blower that provides sufficient pressure to overcome the resistance of the burner and the appliance. So force draft overcomes the burner and the appliance. Air mixed prior to entering the nozzle is primary air. Air before the nozzle, primary. Which of the following burner types mix or air as, stru- as steam prior to entering the nozzle? So which type of burners premix air or steam? And that's the internal high-pressure air or oil atomizing burners. Internal high-pressure air and oil atomizing burners premix air or steam prior to entering the nozzle purpose of inject, injecting air or steam into the oil delivered to the nozzle is to decrease oil velocity and increase atomization. Why do we inject air or steam into the oil delivered to the nozzle? To decrease oil velocity, viscosity, viscosity and increase atomization. Given the same pressure at the nozzle, an increase in fuel oil viscosity will increase the firing rate through the nozzle. So, cold oil, which would cause the oil to be of a higher viscosity, lower temperature, higher viscosity. This will cause an increase in fire rate, giving the same fuel pressure. In the oil, if the oil and or oil, if the oil and or air pressure to the, burner decrease the droplet size increases. So if we decrease air pressure or fuel pressure obviously the droplet size is going to increase because we're not atomizing the oil to the extent. If the oil temperature supplied to the burner falls below the nozzle or burner manufacturer's required atomizing temperature what may occur? All of these things may occur, the droplet size of the fuel oil may increase, incomplete combustion may occur, and the burner firing rate may increase if flow continues through the nozzle. Large oil droplets from an atomizing nozzle may be caused by all of these, a damaged or worn nozzle, fuel pump pressure being low, or cold oil. Uh, Before installing a new nozzle, we should flush out the burner tube which of the following will cause an increase in nozzle firing rate and that's increasing the pump pressure. We increase the pump pressure uh, we increase the nozzle firing rate. So I guess it just comes down to the choices that we have because if we have low pressure we also increase the firing rate, right? Given the same pressure at the nozzle an increase in fuel oil viscosity will increase the firing rate through the nozzle. So if we increase the viscosity, so lower the temperature we increase the firing rate. We also Increase the pump pressure. So there was a question. I guess that had all of these. Um, if oil temperature. I thought there was. Anyway, regardless, you know this. So increasing the pump pressure increases the nozzle firing rate. If heavy oil is not purged from the burner tube after shutdown, it may cause poor delayed or unsuccessful ignition in the next startup. Oil dripping from the nozzle after burner shutoff may be caused by a faulty fuel unit cutoff or safety shutoff valve. A cracked or pitted insulator on an electrode may cause delay or no ignition. The bypass line on a recirculating oil nozzle is controlled by the pressure regulating valve in the bypass line. Multiple non-recirculating nozzle burners, such as illustrated to the right, are used for which of the following purposes, and that's multi-stage firing. Multiple non-recirculating nozzle burners are used for multiple-stage firing. Determine the flow rate of a high input nozzle, you need to know the type of oil, number four, number five, etc., the temperature of the oil delivered to the nozzle, as well as the viscosity of the oil at that temperature, the pressure of the oil supplied to the nozzle, the pressure in the combustion chamber, and the size of the nozzle or its flow rating. Which of the following statements is correct concerning low pressure burners. So a low pressure burner would be considered 20 psi or less and this is low oil pressure burns. burners commonly mix higher pressure air with the oil before the nozzle. Which of the following statements is correct concerning low oil pressure burners and that's that low oil pressure burners commonly mix high pressure air with the oil before the nozzle. the nozzles shown in the following diagram are used on tip emulsion atomizing burners also known as internal mixing high pressure air or steam atomizing burners. And the parts of this we have are a body, the adapter, that's the same thing, body's (parenthesis) adapter, oh, and then we have a swirl chamber, a metering set, and a cap. So a tip emulsion atomizing burner also known as a high internal mixing high-pressure air or steam atomizing burner contains a body, also known as an adapter, a swirl chamber, a metering set, and a cap. Which of the following diagrams illustrate two-stage firing? And this is a picture that we've talked about before. There's um, a main safety shutoff valve, and then in parallel with one pipe going to a single nozzle, there's a parallel path controlled by a solenoid. A horizontal rotary cup burner. Horizontal rotary cup burner imposed low oil pressure and high pressure air to achieve atomization. Horizontal rotary cup, low oil pressure, high pressure air. Internal mixing high pressure air or steam atomizing burners, also known as emulsion atomizing burners, mix the air or steam with the oil before they enter the nozzle. So, internal mixing, high pressure air or steam atomizing burners, also known as emulsion atomizing burners, mix the air or steam with the oil before they enter the nozzle. Internal